I don't think it's necessarily so helpful per se to go look back, except for how it changes how you want to live your life going forward. I'm Gil Galanos, and welcome to Storymark, a show about leaders, the moments that made them, and the mark they leave. On today's show, businesswoman and philanthropist Stacy Schusterman. I've known Stacy Schusterman for more than 10 years, and she's one of the most committed people I know, both in business and philanthropy. For almost two decades, she ran Samson, an oil and gas company that her father Charles began after immigrating to the U.S. Stacy worked hand-in-hand with her father and continued leading the company after his passing. She then transitioned to the Family Foundation, working together with her mother Lynn until her retirement. Today, Stacy is head of Charles and Lynn Schusterman Family Philanthropies, one of the most influential foundations in the United States and Israel. What I love about Stacy is that she's extremely down to earth and works hard to make the world a better place. And I also want to point out that Stacy was integral in my own leadership journey. I'm forever grateful for her support. So the first thing that Stacy and I talked about was something she loves, Israel. She found herself there at age 18, doing Ulpan, which is an intensive Hebrew language course. She also had aspirations to make Aliyah, which means immigrating to Israel. And she even thought about joining the Mossad, the Israeli National Intelligence Agency. But what Stacy didn't expect was some life-altering news about to come her way. So I came to Israel in 1983, and we were doing Olpan. It was very interesting, and what I remember is that I was talking to my parents about it on the phone, and my dad was really quiet. And I thought, wow, why is, it, why is he so quiet? And my parents said, oh, we'd love to come visit you while you have vacation, but don't come meet us at the airport. We don't want to inconvenience you. And so I decided to surprise them, and I went to the airport, and I could tell by their reaction that something was wrong. And I just said, based on the expressions on your face, you're either getting divorced or one of you has cancer. It turned out, yeah, my dad had cancer, and at the time he was told he had between one and five years to live. So rather than stay in Israel for the whole year, he asked that I come back and work with him in the business to see if I liked it and whether he would keep it based on if I wanted to come back and work with him. So it was a big surprise, a big life change. But since I hadn't done well in Opon and couldn't make Aliyah from that perspective, I thought, okay, well, here's another career to try, and <laughs> I'll go see how I do. Wow. Deciding who to pass your company on to is quite a big decision. Why did it come to you rather than your siblings? Well, my younger brother was too young, and I have an older brother also, but he didn't view that my older brother would be able to handle running the business. And so he thought, despite the fact that I'm female, that he would see if it was possible. My dad definitely had chauvinist tendencies and would periodically ask me after I was working with him, are you sure you don't want to stay home and raise your kids? <laughs> What was your reaction to these questions? Uh, annoyance, yes. Because I would basically say, you know, if, if I were a son, you wouldn't be asking me questions like this. So you're not treating me equally. I think that his thinking was potentially that I would come back and do it for a while, and then maybe my brother would want to. And as it turned out, my brother wasn't interested, and I survived the chauvinism. Stacy, can you take us back to the moment where you went back to the U.S. and you joined the family company, Samson? I'm assuming that people who worked at the company had some questions about you joining the leadership of the company. 
The people in the business didn't know why I was there because my dad wanted to keep his cancer confidential because he knew it would make it easier for me if people weren't constantly testing me. His senior management, they basically just blew him off. (laughs) They basically ignored that. He did also have a senior executive who resigned. Basically, I think that guy wouldn't have wanted to work with a woman in a senior position. I think that what enabled me over time to gain respect was just the comments that I made. People began listening and realizing that I wasn't as dumb as they thought I was. <laughs> I wasn't just, it wasn't just Silver Spoon situation, but it took a lot of perseverance and speaking up. So even though it was your dad's business, it doesn't seem like you had an easy time. What do you think prepared you to fight for your own position in your own family company? I've wondered about that question. I'm not resilient in everything. And in this situation, I was very resilient. And I think that it was the fact that it was our family business. And I found the business also fascinating. And I did enjoy, not every day, but I did enjoy working with my dad and the time that we were getting to spend together. And I knew that those moments were precious. I think that it was that knowledge of if I could be successful in continuing the business in a profitable way, that it would be something that I would share with my dad long after he was gone. And I was lucky that my dad and I were able to work together for 13 years, and he didn't pass away till I was 37, and I definitely needed all of those years. How was your relationship with your father changing, growing throughout the years of working together? So working with one's parent can definitely have ups and downs. The positives were that I did feel like he really, really had my best interest at heart. The negative was my dad definitely was a founding entrepreneur who had a hard time letting go. I did also have a couple of times where I would slam my door and say, I can't believe I'm working for that SOB. But then, you know, take a deep breath and go on. (laughs) Yeah, survived. But he became one of my best friends. So that part of it was really beautiful. Was there any moment throughout your journey at Samsung where you felt, I've got it, I can lead this company? One year after my dad died, I was on vacation and I was looking back and saying, okay, so how did the past year go of, you know, being the first year after my dad passed away? And I thought, okay, none of the key people have quit. That's a really important marker of how I'm doing. And literally within maybe an hour of having had that thought, I got a call from one of my senior executives saying that one of the other guys was planning to quit and he knew how important this guy was to me. So I was able to talk to that guy and convince him to stay. That was a turning point of realizing, okay, I can take on these challenges. So Stacy, after your time leading the family business, you joined the leadership of the Family Foundation, Charles and Lynn Schusterman Family Philanthropies. Tell us a little bit about the foundation that your parents started and the values that it stands for. My parents founded the foundation in 1987. We're very focused on shared society, very committed to inclusiveness and equity in the U.S., and really having Israel be a democracy for all its citizens. And so our missions in both countries are really very similar. And we as a foundation are focused on what can we do programmatically that help both countries live up to their highest ideals. And I really am proud of my mom that she made the cause of LGBTQ people a focus of our foundation. And so we have funded organizations in Tulsa. We funded the Marriage Equality Act. And we are the largest funder of LGBTQ organizations in Israel. 
And those organizations, I'm proud to say, welcome both Jews and Palestinians. It's not acceptable to be LGBTQ in the Palestinian community. And so young Palestinians will come to the centers that these organizations have established in order to have a place where they feel comfortable and at home and able to be themselves. Stacey, you mentioned uh, the foundation continuing to support Israel-based initiatives. And in the eyes of many who support your U.S.-based progressive causes, uh, this may seem to conflict. Yeah, so that is a, a really tough issue. And I think it revolves a lot around a misunderstanding of Israel and a deep lack of knowledge of the region itself. I do believe strongly that intersectionality actually is a real social phenomenon, but I'd feel that the efforts of the Palestinian community to say that their issues are the same as the issues of Black people in America is a false comparison. The countries and their histories and their geographies are so intensely different that combining those two things is uh, really an inaccurate reading of political science and history. We believe strongly in a two-state solution. We believe in self-determination for Palestinians and Jews. It's just that we believe very strongly that when the UN voted in 1947 for the partition plan and creating a Jewish state and a Palestinian state, and when the Jews said yes and the UN had voted, then Israel came into being. And so people need to take the time to understand the history. And some people don't even realize that when Israel was founded, A, that the Palestinians had an opportunity to found a state at the same time, and that other states like Syria and Lebanon, etc., were also founded. And so I feel that there are many people in Israel that share the values expressed by the progressive social justice movement in the U.S., and that we just need to continue to provide opportunities for these people to meet each other and understand that we actually have the same goals in mind of a just and open world, and that the reasons that there isn't peace are complex. They say if it wasn't for your dad's cancer and you go back to 83 and things would look differently, where would you be today? Yeah, I don't know where I would be. Maybe I would have tried to learn more Hebrew. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I actually don't have many regrets. You know, I have a few. Of course, we all do. But I don't think it's necessarily so helpful per se to go look back, except for how it changes how you want to live your life going forward. The one thing that I have definitely not done enough of that I really loved doing before I became so busy with work and family and now philanthropy and all of those things was hiking. <laughs> and so I try to carve out as much time as I can to do hiking. Okay, Stacy. so I'm going to end the show by asking a few questions that we ask all of our guests. What is one thing that most people get absolutely wrong about you? I think people are frequently surprised by how direct I am, which isn't always a strength. Also, I think they're surprised that I maybe am not more, um, I don't know, stuck up. <laughs> I get comments a lot of times about how authentic I am, and I can't decide. I think that's a compliment mostly, but it's definitely not just meant as a compliment. I love it. What are you currently obsessed with? I am currently obsessed with whether democracy is going to survive in the United States. I hear you. And my last question, 
What piece of advice do you wish that someone would have given you at the start of your journey? The most important thing, I think, in so many aspects of our lives is quality communication and being willing to have conversations that are difficult where it really requires both sides listening and how that flows through at work and at home and in our free time and with friends is just so much more important than I think I knew and wish I had known that sooner. Stacey Schursman, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure having you on a podcast. Thank you. It was great to visit with you. You've been listening to Storymark. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, consider signing up for the Storymark newsletter, where we'll keep you up to date about upcoming guests. Visit storymarkpodcast.org to sign up. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Storymark. Storymark is brought to you by iTrek Studios. iTrek is a nonprofit that inspires tomorrow's leaders through peer-led week-long treks in Israel to experience its innovation, diversity, and complex reality firsthand. For more information, visit iTrek.org. I'm your host, Gil Galanos. Our producer is Eli Blyer, and associate producer is Rebecca Sebastian. Our editor is Zev Levi. Thanks for listening, and later out. See you next time.